geek out about semiconductors. I geek out about travel. I geek out about Polaroids. Hi, and welcome to She Geeks Out, a podcast where we geek out about all the things. I'm Rachel. And I'm Felicia. Well, good morning, Felicia. Good morning, Rachel. How are you? I'm great. You just asked me if I was ready, and I almost answered, I'm born ready. Oh, you're born ready. Yeah. Born That's good. ready for some podcasting. I have to say, because at first I heard you say, I'm bored Bored ready. ready. <laughs> I'm bored and ready. I'm Let's like, get this on the show. Or are on you ready to be on a board? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or do you wish you were surfing right now? No, because I don't know how to surf. <laughs> I know, but that's you'd be bored ready. <laughs> I would be bored ready. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, God. it is so Monday right now. Yeah. I got the total Mondays. Yep. It I'm was a very you. short weekend for both of us as Yeah, well. we had to work on Saturday. We did. Um, we had our first ever job prep day. We did. We basically offered interview coaching, resume reviews, headshots, and hair makeup, makeup and hair with touch-ups. With Glam Squad, yeah. who was awesome. Yeah, I actually was really impressed with their whole setup. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah. But that was what we – so we both worked pretty much almost the entire day. But we I did. woke up on Saturday morning and basically went to work like it was a regular Same. work day. Yeah. And it was super weird because I got on the train and normally it's difficult to get on the train <laughs> in the mornings. And I was just like, why is it so easy? Where is everybody? And then I was like, right. Maybe we should switch our schedules and work like – Tuesday through Saturday. Sure. <laughs> oh, that sounds hard also. <laughs> How about we work Tuesday through Friday? <laughs> oh, my God. Wouldn't that be a dream? I don't think we're quite there yet with our business. Uh, well, I can dream, right? I you just, can totally I'm gonna keep dream. it out there in the universe. Yeah. That and the fancy podcast guests. Yes. <laughs> will be all set. And and your dream of actually like doing this yeah. recording on a live stage. If I stage. just keep saying it, it will happen eventually. All right. Well, I'm... I'm excited to see if this will prove true. <laughs> we'll see if the secret is real. I mean, there's We're no timeline. So exam- it could be tomorrow. <laughs> it could be months from now. It could be years from now. That's true. All right. We'll see. We'll All see. right. Well, we're going to do a, a long study. <laughs> a, a, longitudinal long, study. a longitudinal study. I <laughs> know <laughs> <sighs> we probably need more than one subject. Yeah. Anyway, feeling nerdy. <laughs> so talking about longitudinal studies. <laughs> all right, let's 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 first it. of all, we should just say really quickly that we have an amazing guest. Yes. Who is Kelly Calkins from the establishment. establishment. They the establishment, everyone needs to read it. Theestablishment.co. It's an intersectional feminist publication online on the internets. And uh, it's owned by three women, and she is one of them. And we got into some serious Yelling, serious yelling about the startup world and um, being a lady founder. And Kelly's got some unique challenges, especially because she's also in the Silicon Valley, which is Mm -hmm. where we recorded it. So that's about her. But before we get to her, how are you, Felicia? I'm I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Or I I guess I'm not. That's not proper grammar. I'm doing well. Thank thank you. you. Nice. Um, I on the subject of dreams. So I went to this ramen place last week where. We had talked about this beforehand, but basically, I'd never been there before. It's in Boston, or in Cambridge, rather. Or is it Somerville? I don't even know. Uh-huh. It's in the greater it's Boston area. It's in Cambridge. Area. It's in Porter Square. <laughs> I always forget where the squares are when it gets into Cambridge and Somerville. It's in Cambridge. Well, Camberville. it's the one where there's actually a tea stop, so that's how you know it's Cambridge. Well, Davis Square. Other than Davis. Davis. <laughs> I know Davis is the one exception. <laughs> anyway, um, so this ramen place, it's super tiny, and you go in, and you basically have the choice between two pieces of pork and five pieces of pork, and that <laughs> is it. It's very non-vegetarian friendly, but delicious. And when you get your big bowl of food, you can also decide whether you want to share your dream or not. And so I said I would share my dream. And then it was really stressful because I didn't know what dream to share. But basically, when someone finishes their food, they sort of stop everything in, in the restaurant. And then you're supposed to share your dream with everybody. And so it was actually really interesting because there were some <laughs> there were some that were more funny and some were, that were serious. And so like one guy was like, last time I was here, I shared my dream that I wanted to beat leukemia and I did. And Whoa. so that was like very touching because he basically had shared that. And then he said something about how this time his dream was to go visit Paris or something like that. 
And um, and everyone sort of like applauds and yells, and it's it's very communal. This one guy was with his girlfriend, I'm assuming, and he said, um, "My dream, my name is so and so. My dream is that I would like to go to Paris with the girl behind me." He meant next to him, but there was a girl <laughs> sitting right behind him, and it was really funny because everyone was like, "Well, what? you just you put it out there. You're going to go to Paris with this girl who you've never met before." That's so. And funny then his and girlfriend terrible. tried to like make up for him, and she was like, "My dream is that his real dream." Comes comes true. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good girlfriend. It was. Yeah, I was like That's really you go. funny. But yeah, so then it came to first of all, I could not finish all the food. I ate so much. I thought my stomach was going to explode and it looked like I had barely slurped any of the soup. <laughs> and then secondly, I've heard that the portions are they're ridiculous. huge. Um I ate so much food. I couldn't even <laughs> believe that it looked like I ate nothing. <laughs> and then I shared my dream, but it was not my real dream, which is to be the podcast <laughs> tour thing and I cannot believe that I didn't put it out there. Well, maybe that's good that you didn't put it out there because my question is, is if you put your dream out there and then you don't finish the soup, does does your dream not come true for sure? Or is that just Hopefully not because I had a dream related to work. So if that's true, then we're screwed. Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. Oh well. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. I'm not going to believe in the power of ramen. I think it's probably just better that way. That's great. So that's what I've been up to. That's what you've been up to. <laughs> Eating some food. I know. I, putting dreams out there. That sounds great. Well, speaking of food, I'm going to talk about what I geek out about. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. going to make it food related. I know we talked about some other things, but um, I am like kind of obsessed with Hungry Root. I think we had talked about this a while ago that I was going to start it, and now mm-hmm. I'm like mo- a month You're in. in it. And it's really cool and I know it sounds like I'm they're paying me to say this but they aren't I wish they were but they're not put it out there girl (laughs) universe oh my god so funny but it's awesome because um I'm just in this phase where I don't really want to cook but I don't mind spending like 10 minutes doing something um what they're really good at so it's vegan and gluten-free not that i am either of those things but if there's like a meal that's already prepared that doesn't have any of the stuff why not that's Mm going to be tasty why not do it and their sauces are really good and their ingredients are really yummy so it's everything is just it feels like you're they've put things together that would have taken me a long time to do like there's like a kale pesto thing. There's like, um, there's these really nice, like tofu nuggets. There's, um, this, uh, the Thai peanut curry sauce Mm -hmm. is like outrageous. And then they have this like almond chickpea cookie dough, which sounds gross, but it's actually delicious. And there you make cookies and they're not super sweet. And, um, it's like a week of food and you choose the day that you want it to come. Then it comes and it comes in like really cute packaging. Um, and you get a little booklet and it has all the like little recipes and literally it is like put things in a pan, then put something else in a pan and then eat it. (laughs) Like it's perfect. (laughs) It's like, it's great. It's literally, it's, it's, I think it's easier than what I've heard of Blue Apron. This is actually my first like meal prep. Oh, you haven't done one before? No, this is my yeah. first and my last. <laughs> I don't know. It's just great because the food is just super healthy yeah. and, and they're, they're smart too to think about. They obviously recognize that protein is important. So they make sure that there's like beans mm-hmm. in a lot of the dishes, but like, I'm not actually, I don't really love beans, but these beans these beans are good. All right. Yeah. Great. Very flavorful. Yeah. Go Hungry Root. Yeah. Go Hungry Root. And there's a special discount for Shiki Salazar's. <laughs> Just kidding. There aren't. <laughs> there are not. Go to HungryRoot.com slash Shiki Salazar. Use code Shiki Salazar. I'm like, I'm sure you can probably email me and I can give you like a personal referral code. <laughs> One day we'll be there. Hungry Root. Just saying, if you're listening, we could, we would love a special discount code. <laughs> Do you want to do you want to share anything that you Yeah, I was telling you earlier that I was uh not sure what I was geeking out about because I feel like I've just been working a lot. But I did watch the um the video for This is America which just came out like yesterday. And um What really, is This is America? This is America is a new single from Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. <gasps> Love Childish um, Gambino. Yeah, and I was reading online where someone wrote something like um this is what Kanye wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, and basically it's, you know, like and and I was reading about how with the references in the song 
it had to have taken like a month basically to put all this together mm-hmm. because it's so topical and so relevant in terms of the timeliness of it all. Mm-hmm. But the video is just so incredibly interesting, but also nuanced. And so I watched it a bunch of times last night because I was trying to just get all the references that were packed in there. And it's really interesting. So I was kind of geeking out about that. That sounds great. I did see his, um, I watched SNL yesterday Mm -hmm. in my like attempt to turn back into a human. I watched a lot of television yesterday. So wait, (laughs) you... Yes. You watch a lot of TV. So yes. to watch to, so to turn back into a human, you watched more TV. No, I watched no, to turn back into a human, I watched TV. Period. Oh. Because I was gonna say that seems a little suspect. You're right. That is that would be weird if I did that. But no, it was because I used all my extroverted juices on Saturday. The, basically on Saturday, but the other days too. It was like full week. So I had six days of being extroverted. And so the way for me to come back into being a normal person. It was to watch TV. And Mm -hmm. so one of the last things we watched was SNL, which was amazing. And Stormy Daniels was, can I tell you, literally, I was like, oh, my God, I wonder who's going to play Stormy Daniels. And it was like, oh, my God. Played by herself. Exactly. (laughs) And then, yeah, and and Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, we usually forward through the musical acts, but he was, he's just great. So I just, I love him. Oh, and like for anyone who also loves Stranger Things, if you go on YouTube, there's an amazing mashup of one of his songs, Childish Gambino songs and Stranger Things. And it is seriously the best thing you will ever listen to. I recommend listening to it when you're exercising. All right. That is all. That's all I got. Great. All right. Okay. Let's do this. Let's do this with Kelly. All right. Okay. Well, hello, Felicia. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Kelly. Oh, hi. How, oh, hi. <laughs> oh, hi. I like it's just like we were like popped on by. I know. Oh, it just hi. Pops on How's by. it going? <laughs> uh, we are so excited to have you here. This is um, uh, Kelly Calkins. Did I say that right? Nailed it. Oh, oh okay. usually I'm like we're supposed to ask this beforehand, but you know, <laughs> in keeping with our awkward selves, we did. I did not do that. Um, and you are the co-founder of the most amazing publication, the establishment. So thank <laughs> you so much. We have super huge crushes. Yes, on the establishment. we do. Oh. Yes, we do. Everyone who's listening to this needs to go. Check and it out. Check it out and Sign read. Sign up as a member. Uh, theestablishment.co. There Thank you Thank you. <laughs> co. That's right. Do not, I don't know, even, I want. I don't want to know what theestablishment.com even is. Oh, I can tell you. Oh, tell oh, us. Is, is, it, is it like an MRA site? So, actually, that reminds me. So, we actually, let me just say this. When we chose the name, it was not part of the political news cycle yet. Yeah. Wow. It really wasn't. Um, and then... Because you guys were founded in like 2015 or so, yes. right? Yeah. So people weren't... So it wasn't quite... Because everyone like was like, today. that was sneaky. And it wasn't. But what <laughs> did end up happening when Trump got into the race was... A lot of people, you would not believe the number of people who tweeted at us thinking that we were the shadowy government agent on Twitter. Yeah, hilarious. I mean, yeah, there was this woman named Joy who would wake up every morning and be like, well, time to troll the establishment. Did you guys write an article about that? It went viral, so BuzzFeed. Yeah, I I definitely saw something, and it was maybe one of your social media people was like, FYI, we are not who you think you are. (laughs) We're a woman run publication. And it was amazing her response, this woman who'd been like fuck you like fuck <laughs> you every every day for months was like oh geez i'm so sorry <laughs> so. that's and incredible we're, yeah we're not the shadowy government agency mm, no i would love to know who would man that twitter account like, oh my god like it would Newt be a Gingrich man obviously oh yeah it would or, be a man yeah rush, oh, yeah. rush limbaugh maybe Ooh. yeah do you think oh no no new gingrich is a better bet or like Henry Kissinger, just oh my god, <laughs> in, in his spare yeah, time. Yeah, you're right. Oh my god, yeah, because it, it's true. Rush Limbaugh is the anti-establishment. Oh, I can't even with the establishment right now. How did <laughs> Not you come up with the name? <laughs> yeah. So how did you actually come up with the name in 2015? Oh man, that was that was a rough couple of months actually with my co-founders and I. We were just torturing each other. Um, we Rachel is giving me some looks because we yeah. are in a similar issue right now, and we've yeah. been there before too. Actually, yes. so we know. It's hard. It is and so I would wake the hardest. Up. Katie would have texted me at like 4 a.m. Dude. I literally. This morning I I'm getting ready and she texts me. She's like, I have another idea. 4 a.m. No, I did not text you at 4 a.m. No, but you had the it idea. It was 4.32. No. <laughs> exactly. I waited, I waited until 7.30. And then I was like, 
I have an idea. Are you ready to hear it? And I said, no. And she said, no. So yeah, we can. So when you say you waited until 730, does that mean you were waiting since four? on the edge of my bed, fully dressed. I feel like that's true. No, it's not. (laughs) Sorry. This is about you, not us. Well, the way that we solved it ultimately, and I will say, because I'll get in trouble with my co-founders, I I was a really big asshole and I didn't think I would be such an annoying bastard, actually. But um, so they would come up with an idea and I'd be like, and I would, Katie would be like, you always say it in this voice. And if you say it, anything in that voice, it'd be like, oh, the New York Times. Is that a good name? <laughs> anyway, so finally, uh, our amazing design team before we had launched, we played design taboo. So uh, it would be like, what animal would the establishment be? And uh, so back then, we just made huge lists of adjectives and nouns and all the things. And then finally, it was our developer who was like, Seems like you're getting at the establishment. Because um, we wanted to be somewhat cheeky and subversive. Yeah. Uh, but just really claim space. Yeah. Just be like, we kind of, we've always been here. And now we're going to mm. just really be here. Yes. And did it feel yeah. like once that came out, you were like, yes, that is, yes. That is it. No, I think like, we yes. all looked at each other. We were tentative. Like, <laughs> do you like it? Because you were scared. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think I like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our friendships all survived. <laughs> yeah. So that was 2015. You got the name. And, <laughs> and I feel like we should back up a little bit because. Yeah. So what you, you have co-founders. How many co-founders? Two. Two. Yes. Including you or not including you? Uh, Nikki and Katie and Kelly. All Got real. It. Very gross sounding, but it is what it is. <laughs> Nikki, Katie, and Kelly. But. I've heard worse. <laughs> yeah. It's it, totally it could be worse. fine. It could, it's, yeah, that's fine. But how did you get into this? Because it wasn't like you went to school for journalism. N- not at all. Yeah. Yeah. I came in thinking delusionally that I was going to do biology. <laughs> and then after a year, switched to international relations, studied Arabic, Lived in the Middle East for six yeah, months. Yeah, because you, you refer to yourself, rather, as a formal Middle East think tanker yeah. turned editor. Yeah, so how did that happen? Because that seems like a really natural progression. <laughs> in some ways, it was. In I mean, the sense it's, it's that, not crazy. It, in the sense that I was publishing blogs yeah. and helping middle-aged white dudes get on Twitter. This was during the Arab <laughs> uprising. So there was... Oh, wow. Yeah. We were using you WordPress mean- <laughs> and like all these newfangled technology things. So in some ways, I got exposed. And there was you know an editing process, and I was doing a lot of ghostwriting and whatever. But, I mean, more than anything else, really, DC and being at a think tank kind of broke my soul and spirit and hundreds and trillions of ways it was just you know in so many ways a a monument to mediocrity with all these white dudes pontificating and you know circle jerking each other about you know places in the world that they didn't grow up in and didn't always know terribly much about Mm. Uh, and all the women of course were junior staffers or in communications Mm. they're mistreated and and I just think it's sad in New York and L.A., when the industries are so much sexier, it's, you know, acting or finance or whatever. In D.C., they still, like, sleep around and are inappropriate, but everyone's wearing a pantsuit. And, and that's just, <laughs> there's some sorrow in that. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not super sexy. No, it's like all the aspiring Waiters and waitresses are all aspiring policymakers. Right. And so everyone looks the same. Everyone's doing the same thing. Uh, it's very stagnant. There's not a lot of people shaking things up. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it good? And when were you there? I was there 2010 to 2012. Okay, okay. So that was a time when DC theoretically was like, there's hope. Right. Yeah. But even so, of course, there's the underbelly. So everyone thinks, well, okay, we're fine because Obama's president. But right. then there's all the gross stuff that's happening in Congress and I mean, in the, the think tanks. Still, and you know, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. But I think a lot of us were under, I mean, I, I and many of my colleagues and friends were like, things are going to be okay. But the systems hadn't, weren't right. different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was really just blown away at... Uh, just how stagnant everything was and slow moving. And I mean, it's just classic, mediocre white dude stuff. Yeah. Um, 
They're the worst. And they, yeah, and it just didn't feel like I was. <laughs> my, yeah, the bad ones are when no they one don't listening to this podcast. Just, just to be clear, no one who listens to this podcast is a mediocre white man. Okay, there might be well, some white men, but they are not, you're mediocre. not mediocre. They're not you're mediocre. To us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, in that case, I've, no. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more to say. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the ones that don't know that they're mediocre yeah. and really think that they're bringing something to the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a disappointment. <laughs> yeah, so I think, uh, like, when I think back on my former self, I sort of, in many ways, radicalized is a loaded word, but a lot of my politics and sort of awakening because I'm from middle of nowhere, Vermont, town of 1500. Oh, wow. From like gun toting, NASCAR loving. Um, I was mocked for going to college, part of Vermont that no one really knows exists. Um, so when I got to DC, I went to a liberal college. DC was where I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. This, <laughs> this, this world is very much sort of foundationally just kind of. Messed up. Yeah, yeah. Writing this really dark inertia from a sordid, mediocre history in this country. So anyway. <laughs> like, so, I love, so anyway. There. <laughs> and then you were, and you like, did you move directly from D.C. to San Francisco? Uh, no, I, I, when I say I broke my soul, I, I mean that <laughs> I bought a one-way ticket to Bangkok oh, and, told my, and told my friends and, fa- and family that I would be gone a week to nine months. Um, you know, give or take. God. Yeah. And a wedding to be back for nine months later, which wow. is, of course, when I returned. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I did a lot of bouncing around in Southeast Asia and then came well, back and was. <laughs> what were you doing in Bangkok in Southeast Asia? Another Putting her soul back together. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Peace by peace. peace. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it wasn't so much eat, pray, love as, I don't know, like. It, Drink, dance, brood. Nice. But I mean, that sounds totally fine. Drink, Drink, dance, dance, brood. brood. That is a great name for a book, for a movie, and the title of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I can get behind that brand. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love it. (laughs) So, yeah, I went to 13 countries, I think, total. Wow. Uh, And had you been to Asia before? No. Or Southeast Asia? No. Oh, my God. And you went by yourself? Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's that. I think that's brave. I would not. Yeah, have the, I feel like that's a little intimidating. Yeah, for me personally. Yeah, I think I had known enough people who had done it. Um, that's what had sort of planted the seed was knowing a lot of, especially female friends who'd gone. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and and part of me is just this. I don't know if it's because I'm an only child, but the, I'm very competitive around silly things. So I think. <laughs> That's how I got into scuba diving because I saw a nine-year-old do it and I was terrified. <laughs> and you're like, uh, I, I'm no, gonna do it. I'll do this too. <laughs> so I think there's a part down. of me that saw other people do it. I was like, well, I want to. <laughs> and you did. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's incredible. <laughs> so yeah, and then I came back and did that kind of existential crisis that 23-year-olds go through and think they will never survive or figure out. <laughs> Um, and started freelance writing for nonprofits. I think my whole life I've been running from writing just because, you know, no one's like, hey, you're looking for stability and a great job. (laughs) Have you thought about literature? Um, But I had always been a huge word hound. So um, I kind of, I think after Asia was sort of like, all right, do the thing or don't, but stop torturing yourself over it. Yeah. Did you come to San Francisco then? Uh, nope. I just kind of... You're like, when did you go well, to San Francisco? When did you get here? Right. <laughs> Two weeks ago. Back off. I was like, well, that was after Turkmenistan. No. I've never, I've never been to Turkmenistan. Not um, yet. Yeah. So I was crashing on the East Coast where I'm from and bouncing around still. And then, um, amazingly, so my old job at the think tank, the only female um, boss I ever had there... Uh, is actually my co-founder Katie's aunt. Oh. And <laughs> on the family. <laughs> yeah. So I reached out to her and I was like, listen, Kay, I really want to get into writing and I want to be in the Bay. Mm. Oh, what do you think? And she's like, well, I have a niece who's doing exactly that. So uh, I took an editing test after I met Katie. Katie likes to tell a story. I don't know why I'm putting this out there. It's not very <laughs> flattering, but she'll say things like, 
you didn't really stick in my mind at all when I met you. <laughs> like, all the things I associate with you, like, the fact that you're loud and, you know, really obnoxious. I'm like, okay, I don't like this story anymore. <laughs> She's like, it didn't really come through. But... That's- Funny. <laughs> she liked my red. Glad test, to know so. that my, I made such an impression on you. <laughs> yeah, I think what I remember is I paid. I was nervous and I ran out of cash, so I paid the tip, like three dollars worth in change. And I was like, "How did you not remember what a weirdo I was?" Then I was like digging around <laughs> in my purse. <laughs> but somehow the fates brought us together, uh, and she had been the co-founder of a site called ravishly.com and at that point had hired Nikki and they were co-editors so I started out just writing for the site Mm. and then when they couldn't find anyone else for a third editor Mm. they let me on Uh, so the three of us worked together there as co-editors for about a year um, which is where the seeds of the establishment were sort of born and then you were like screw ravishly Mm-hmm. We need to get serious. Yeah, it was like the soul evisceration had started again mm. for different but similar reasons. Mm. And the three of us realized that the site that we wanted to build, if we wanted to do it, because the CEO at Ravishly was a male with no background in uh, media at all. Oh, wow. Who, who knew everything despite that uh, course, about obviously. what women wanted to read. Of course. Uh a lot I could go on there, but I think it's more interesting. You are so funny to talk about. So yeah, we just sort of looked at each other after weeks of talking each other off of ledges, and we're like, "Let's do it." And the goal for the establishment was for it to be a feminist publication, or did you have larger, like anti-establishment, sort of progressive yeah. goals? So the dream, and this is still sort of the dream. Um, mission is just merely to create a place such that if you're not a straight white dude, Mm. you can write about whatever you want. Mm. Whether it's Mesopotamian dinosaurs or the history of genes or sports or, you know, racial injustice, any of the things. Because so often it's, oh, you're a black woman. You can write about Beyonce and uh, Rihanna. (laughs) Like, that's it. Right. Um, So we just wanted to like sort of claim that space and give people who'd been shut out for reasons that have nothing to do with how valuable their stories are or how talented they are, but just because they don't know how to pitch and it's such a privileged industry to get in there. Um, Mm. And we wanted everything to be edited and fact-checked. We wanted to pay writers. I was going to say, and you pay all your writers, which is is, great. Yeah, yeah, still far too rare. Yeah, Um, yeah. It's crazy. And you cover a lot of topics, Mm -hmm. so... How do you decide which topics to get through? And actually, before we were recording, yeah. you dropped some uh, some data on us, which blew our minds, yeah. which is that How many? you have 900 writers. About that, that is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was literally like, when she said that, when you said that, I was like, do you mean readers? readers? <laughs> which seemed low, but I was like, <laughs> like okay. I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around 900 Writers. Yeah, it's really hard to remember all their birthdays and get the cards <laughs> in the yeah. mail. <laughs> that Google birthday calendar must be, like, blowing up. Oh uh, yeah, so it's sort of snowballed. And now that we've grown, um, it's just – it's so exciting and such an honor to get so many pitches and people interested in writing for us. Yeah. I want to hear, too – so we talked a little bit about this before. So you were – originally you had your own site, and now you're on Medium. Mm-hmm. In broad strokes. Yes. Um, what what – We got like? super hosed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally about to be like, give us as much or as little, little detail exactly. as you feel comfortable. Wow. All right. I'll just dig into it. Super hosed. Tell us how you really feel about I mean, the, the fact that we were getting – Approached by media reporters to be like, ooh, saw that that happened to you. That sucks. Um, You know, and there have been pieces written about the super hosedom, um, which was we had launched on this gorgeous WordPress site that we loved. We're approached by medium, spent months moving on to it when they were super amped about publications. And then the very day that they were switching over the URL, it's like funny when I have the emotional distance (laughs) because the timing is just otherworldly. Uh, so they were switching over the URL. The site was down and then all of our engineers vanished. Turns out that they were all getting fired. Uh, and I had to find out from Twitter that Ev Williams, the founder of Medium, was 
axing a third of the staff and all the things that they had promised us mm. like went up in smoke. So just awful. It was not a great start to Medium is the short story. Cuz yeah, and you're and no you're kidding. still on Medium and it's a, it's a bummer because I didn't know this that you can't really get stats from there and so that's like really that, yeah. that's such an limitations other besides that as well. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. captive platform. Mm-hmm. So you're also limited in terms of, you know, we don't do a lot of advertising at this point for a number of reasons, many of them related to Medium, but mm. um yeah, just a lot of the tools that are out there in different formats, we we can't use. Mm. Like basically anything that you think of, probably can't do it. Oh, it's such a bummer. <laughs> oh, but, but, you know, well, it, so it's like I want to say ironic, but um, disappointing. I think is a better word because yeah. like just with the whole mission of the site and what you wanted to do from the beginning to end up in this situation just seems really like yeah anti everything that you were hoping for a so. little. Yeah, I mean, we're so happy to be around. I think my greatest frustration uh, that I know the whole team feels is, especially in the Trump era, we used to be publishing five to seven stories a day. And now because of resources, we're doing one new story a day. Really? So it's really hurt us in terms of the breadth of coverage. Yeah. Um, And I feel like we're often, and this wasn't the dream, um, but the way things have shaken out structurally is what is happening, playing a lot of defense and reacting to events just because mm-hmm. there's so much darkness as opposed well, to... And also things are happening so quickly. Yeah, so. I mean, I mean oh my God. who can I stay just, on top of this stuff? Insane. I mean, not me. <laughs> Very much can. Yeah. It's unreal. I just... Yeah. Whew. The media cycles that take six months to play out, it's just by 9 a.m., there you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> making bets on what piece and when you're going to get it up and then everyone will have forgotten about it. So it's, that's a challenge. Yeah. So Um, how do you do it? So how how do you choose? You have 900 writers. You publish about one. You said you take 3% of the pitches that come in. Yeah. I think it's something like 3%. How how do you, how do you decide? It's not easy. It's (laughs) really, really hard. Um, and, and your team is just, is it still just the three of you or has it grown? So there are the three co-founders mm-hmm. and we have Ijeoma Luo. I don't know if you know her. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. She's, she's just, awesome. oh yeah. She's phenomenal. She's, mm-hmm. we're not worthy at all. And by, <laughs> and by we, I mean the universe, like, not just earth. Um, but yeah, she has a book that just came out in January. So you want to talk about race. That has just totally taken off. Mm -hmm. She wrote the preeminent mic drop article in Rachel Dolezal. I mean, anything she touches just is incredible. Amazing. So um, she's been a founding editor and our brilliant contributing editor, Ruchika. She's written a book to the Diversity Advantage, which Mm. is also amazing Mm. and explores how to um, look at and address inequality in the the workplace. Mm. So she was a founding contributing editor. Um, they're sort of our Seattle bureau, as I like to call them. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm just like imagining a bunch of like old white dudes with smoking cigars. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, that a little actually, I'm pretty sure that's not the case. <laughs> but now I want it to be. Let me drop right? dear Ijeoma like, and like with, like, with like little like pot bellies and button down shirts. You are picturing the same thing. If they got together <laughs> and they smoke cigars while wearing bathing robes. That would be amazing. I yeah. mean, I can see that's going to be the new like I'll Twitter be cover. Doing that. The Twitter <laughs> cover in like, the Oakland bureau. I yes. will establish that chapter today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we also have a New York bureau. <laughs> Where we so have many two, bureaus. Yeah, yeah, Maxine and Jaya are holding down the <laughs> cigar smoking front over there. So, <laughs> so much cigars. And maybe that's not the healthiest way to approach it. But anyway. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's 2018. It's got to be kale salads. Everybody's going to have a kale salad. Oh, that's really going to kill the whole bureau dream that I had. Never mind. I that's true. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Fine. Brandy. We can do a whole Mad Men situation. Oh, okay. It's also Back fine. Back on board. Mad yeah. woman. <laughs> Mad woman, exactly. All right. Okay. So you've got a team. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so how do you get through all your pitches, basically, is what the question originally was. <laughs> so, I mean, the team has evolved a lot and we have evolved a lot. I think initially it was like, oh my gosh, what kind of site do we want to build? Mm-hmm. And it was really precious when I think back on it because Nikki and Katie and I would look at every pitch together and then 
all of us edit every story, which is very sweet. And that was a long time ago. Um, But now that we're out there and people kind of know our voice and style and and vibe and everything, it's, but it's especially in this sociopolitical climate, it's Mm. so hard Mm. um, because I think where we really add a lot of value is, you know, uh, surfacing voices that aren't otherwise being seen and Mm. views that aren't otherwise out there. So hitting that mark of, you know, culturally commenting on something that's timely with a new way of approaching it and thinking Mm. about it. That's sort of the dream for a lot of the pieces. And then just, I I think all the editors gravitate towards different things as Mm. you do. Yeah. Um, So we are in conversation about various pitches and some are, we kind of know at this point, Mm -hmm. oh, that's a slam dunk. I know that writer, this is, but then other times we're always interested in publishing new voices Mm -hmm. and launching careers has been really, really rewarding and exciting Mm -hmm. for all of us. Yeah, they just they grow up so fast. It's, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. We have this list of questions, and I'm I'm looking through them, and we've touched on so many of them just by having this conversation. So it's it's kind of funny. And one of one of the questions, though, that I want to dig into a little bit is around equity, and sort of you know, I think equity people are getting more and more aware of it now, but it sounds like you've had an awareness of it. So I would just love for you to speak about that and how you know, especially as, you know, a white woman in San Francisco, in Silicon Valley, doing this work, what is it like for you? Oh, yeah. So when you first said equity, I was like, I've been in this to be too not, long. I know. I was, so I, you are not the first person that has questioned me on that. <laughs> I was like, so I was drinking my Soylent. <laughs> thinking, oh, my God. I hate Soylent. Uh, yeah, I know. I've, I've actually never tried it, but uh, um, have just I. eat like real food. Oh, God. Sorry. I can't. Anyway. A conversation for another time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a pin in it. Uh, so, yeah, I think if you look at the media landscape and actually if you dig in to find the statistics, it's even worse than you can imagine. Mm. I'm a very cynical person in a lot of ways, and I was shocked. I think something – I think it's 67% of stories about reproductive justice are still written by men. Ugh. And you would think even in that realm – We'd have a leg up. Well, no. I mean, no. it makes sense because they're writing all of the laws. Yes. Yes. So, um, it's, so anyway, I, I think mission, everything else aside, politics, all of that, it's boring mm. when oh, this yeah. tiny, tiny slice, um, very homogenous slice of humanity is calling all the shots. And what we found in previous positions is, you know, if women don't control the purse strings, um, if there are still men who are gatekeepers, whether you have quote unquote editorial autonomy or not, there's only so far that that goes. Because mm-hmm. um, 90% of the media that we all consume is produced by six companies. Ugh, that's crazy. And I bet you know what the heads of those companies look like. Oh, yep. Of course. It's about, it was like earlier when we were talking about what the bureau would look like. <laughs> yes. The media company bureau. <laughs> and, and, and I think there's a, a narrative that's partially true which is uh, with social media and the internet, it's the great democratizer, right. everything's even now. But then if you look at who's heading up these social media companies, these giants, mm-hmm. it's a very similar homogenous bunch, slightly younger. Um, and that has huge ramifications if you look at how women and marginalized people are treated on Twitter. I was yes. about like, to say yes. Twitter. Like, oh. yeah. yeah. Like, come on. Can't even get rid of yeah. the Nazis. Um, I know. (laughs) So it's just like literally how hard can it be? I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it doesn't seem that complicated to me. uh, What do I know? I'm just a little little woman. (laughs) Just (laughs) too complicated. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I think while it is true that the internet has really changed the discourse in a lot of ways, to think that that inevitably is going to just level the playing field. I hope people are getting to understand that that's not the case. Yeah. And I think especially in Silicon Valley, it's like, well, it's technology and it's getting quote unquote better. We're good. And it's just not the reality. Yeah. There's yeah. no check on that anywhere mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, and to to watch the kind of companies that get funded Ugh. and the founders can be galling. <laughs> Let's go with galling. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Come on, you know you wanted to put it I was going to say, so we, we, just for, for our listeners, we chatted a little bit before we started recording, and there was a challenge thrown out there, yeah. which I'm a little disappointed has yet to be seen about how many F-bombs are going to get thrown out in this episode. So do far, we have to contribute? Because we can fucking do this. See, she had to break the seal. Come on, Kelly. I know. I think Kelly said one earlier. Come back on. I think you said it earlier. Yeah, I don't think there's a way that I've been talking for more than 10 minutes and I no, haven't no, no, no. Well, said fuck. Well, <laughs> like, that's real. <laughs> Wait, I, so I want to stay on this theme for sure. Okay. On this fucking theme. <laughs> Great. Um, around funding. Mm. But I also want to talk about, you know, how things might be shifting. And I, Felicia and I certainly have talked about this a lot. I talk about this a lot. Is like, yes, Trump, ugh. But like, he has made a lot of people aware. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that the Me Too movement would have had any legs if we didn't have this creep in office. And, or maybe it would have, but I I'm, don't think so. And, um, and so are things getting better? You know, and, and mm -hmm. honestly, like in some ways, maybe in other ways not, because you're trying, you're basically trying to get the establishment to have some, you know, financial legs, right. Right. which it should. I, I agree. I think so. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we'd fund you if we had any money. <laughs> if we were VCs, we'd fund you. Uh, yeah, so it's it's really been interesting to see that scene and its various facets. Because I was out pounding the pavement fundraising-wise right around the huge explosion of Me Too, where it's just like mm. every day, it was like, oh, Matt Lauer's button, okay. So like, I'm like <laughs> continuously yeah. traumatized. Yes. Trying to be hopeful, but really just kind of like genuinely just exhausted in the shred of a human. And I'm going out and I'm meeting with a lot of VCs, many of whom have been vetted, you know, the quote unquote good ones, right. who may or may not be interested in what we're doing. Uh, and there's just no connection between the conversation that's happening culturally that's decimating my spirit and how I am received by these VCs. Mm -hmm. it, it, and it's amazing to me. And it's fascinating for a group that's trying to make bets on populations and trends and themes and all the things. It's like, I don't know if they don't believe that people of color, that women, that all these groups aren't people. I don't know, because there's not going to be a racial majority in this country by 2044. Yeah. And yet there's not a lot of trust or belief that uh, any group that has been historically marginalized um, is going to have any buying power. Yeah. When women control 80% of the, the finances in a household. Mm -hmm. It's like unreal mm -hmm. to me. Do you think it's like, you know, that maybe they just don't want to bet against themselves? I just thought of that. I don't know. Or, I mean, I feel like it's almost more just this, this position of privilege where they're like, well, sure, yeah, trends are shifting, but, you know, we've been in power, we will stay in power. Yeah, I, I wonder. I think... I think there's some head in the sand or head in another part of the body. <laughs> Which part, Kelly? Which part? I don't the know what you're talking no. about. <laughs> yeah, there's it's the a, asshole. There's a lot of heads really, really high up anal canals. That's the reality. <laughs> and I also think that even if that's not where the heads are, there are a lot of people in... Uh, you know, castles in a lot of ways. And so maybe the Me Too movement has, is like rocking the boat on the moat, you know, mm -hmm. but it's not a real threat. Uh -huh. Right. You know, That's I don't good. think, I don't think there's really uh, a recognition that, that we're pissed and that things are going to change. So help them, God, well, to help yeah. us, well, but God. You know, but you know what's so interesting is um, I was talking about this the other day with someone else where it's interesting to look at, especially with VC. So they kind of actually kicked off the whole Me Too movement mm -hmm. to start with. But what we've seen is that there was no real reckoning in the VC space the way that there has been and is continuing 
to develop in media and other right. other areas, um, other industries rather. And I feel like it's going to come around at some point, but I think there is this sort of head in the sand or other places, what have you, <laughs> where they're like, oh, we got called out, but we're good now. And like, we're going to retreat and like not, All the bad ones not, not away, talk to so women because we can't do that yeah. anymore. Otherwise we'll get called out. And so yeah. it, literally retreating to their castles, but with this belief that they like escaped it and it's, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. I, oh, so many thoughts rushing through my head. <laughs> so many all the feelings. But um, I think that there's, yeah, I think there's a lot of VCs who genuinely believe that they understand objectively the world. You know, and if you don't have various experiences as a part of your own lived experience, um, they can sort of choose to reject the data or the data points or the conversations or the articles or the trillions of <laughs> points out there that people mm-hmm. are making. Uh, I don't, it's, yeah, it's really frustrating. I've been shocked. And like I said, I'm, I'm like crushingly cynical and I've been shocked at how bad it is. Mm-hmm. And, and again, just economically, it makes absolutely no sense given where the markets are going, given all the buying power. I mean, Rebecca Traster with her book, All the Single Ladies, like, we're coming up. We're single. We're unmarried. We have money. We want to buy shit that we like, yeah. you know? And yeah. Buy and, companies that we like. Yeah, I just... <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's true. Conscious consumerism is a real thing, and it's people are starting to get a little bit more aware of it, but there's still such a lack of awareness, I think, here. It's interesting. Um, so we get confused a lot with um, as a female founder community because of our name. So we've had three accelerator programs or VCs reach out to us to ask us to tap into our community of female founders, which is not our community, really. I mean, we are female founders. I'm right and here. No, 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 no Kelly, literally, literally, we You're were like, funny. Rachel responded to someone and was like, yes. by the, by the way, way, we are, are female, female founders. founders. And you know what one person wrote back? Oh, I always forget that you're a female founder slash a startup because you're so organized and you have your shit together. (laughs) Literally, that is what someone wrote to us. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Wow. Great. Our success is hurting us. I know. We can only fund mediocre white men. Exactly. Like, oh, we're we're actually, we have our shit together. Great. So we don't, we're we're not in the running anymore. You know, the brazenness of people who say shit like that, it shocks me every day. And I will admit, I I would love like a drop of it. You know, like I just feel like just the tiniest microscopic drop (laughs) would just help with the whole imposter syndrome thing. And like, there's something about that shamelessness that when I take a step back, I'm like, Wow. Yes. <laughs> just well, amazing. That's, that's the thing, you know, and I'm so glad that you mentioned imposter syndrome because it is, it's like this, um, you know, it's, it's both, right? So you have like people continuing to reject you in various ways and what you're doing. And then you start to doubt yourself and you start to believe the lie mm-hmm. that you aren't oh, I guess I'm not qualified. I guess that I'm not supposed to be doing this. And that is why, that's why so many VCs and accelerator programs are bending over, and boot camps are bending over backwards trying to get women to at least apply. So, and I have, and this is where I'm pessimistic. So they can show that they have big numbers mm-hmm. of women applying. Because they can be like, oh, we tried, but they're just not we good tried, enough. And we've, yep. had, and we've had numbers Sorry. applying, so we've increased our number of applications. <laughs> yeah. But maybe not acceptances mm-hmm. or whatever. No, so. I, yeah, I love, and by love, I don't really mean love, but that whole like, <laughs> oh, you want us to have a diverse startup culture. Mm. Well, great. Glad that you want it to be shittier. Like the, yeah. these are just yes. the best people rising to the top. Yes. And it's just like, <laughs> wow, it's amazing that you yes. actually believe that. Yeah. And they do. They really do. Yeah. They really do. Ooh, we're so angry. This I know. Like I'm the like, I didn't even podcast realize how episode angry. we're doing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> tapped into some hidden we depths tapped, of We tapped anger. into some anger. Hello, San Francisco. I know. San Francisco's making us angry. You guys want to go set something on fire? Can we like trash can? Can we like go to the roof? Do we have any water balloons? (laughs) (laughs) Drop them on some VCs. I bet you there's a VC walking out of the window right now. Oh no, there are. I mean, and that's the (laughs) other thing is this sort of like this culture, the the 
the mythology around various startup titans. It's just, my God, if I never see the name Elon Musk ever again. Uh, I just cannot. So funny. We just had a conversation with a woman who is awesome. You're going to love her. And again, <laughs> she just wrote a book called uh, Sophia of Silicon Valley. It's coming out in April. And she was investor relations for, for Musk. that particular person. I... I know. I'm yeah. I to read this book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's just, it's just, no, um, there's it's this crazy. idea that like these, these singular genius men like <laughs> come in and they, and it's like really and, all the women who are the director of operations that make everything happen. And by but, the way, can we also talk about the fragility that comes along with oh, piercing their ego love to. at all? <gasps> this is so fun. <laughs> can I just say we are completely sober while doing this? I'm just for the record. I'm yeah. drunk on my own power. Apparently. <laughs> We're like, we can never we're, air we're this. LaCroix. What is in this? What is in this LaCroix? What is this SF water? Damn you, LaCroix. They spiked it with testosterone. <laughs> and so that's what it feels ambition. like. Yeah, right. oh. I see now. Oh my God, so funny. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. I, sometimes I think about this and I don't know if I really want to know the answer, which is how much of my life, like how many trillions of hours have I lost to massaging the fifis of men? Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. like how, how I, I just can't even, I would need to hit up Neil deGrasse Tyson to like know, figure this out. He's lovely. Um, I would recommend just getting involved with women's groups because it's lovely. <laughs> I will say 99% of the people that I interact with are women. So it's actually, it's always jarring. And then we meet lovely guys. Like last night we met, uh, well, we had an event oh, last yeah. night. Oh yeah, we had a shout out. So we did an event last night at Pivotal <laughs> and this lovely Pivotal uh, employee named Great. Will. He basically ran back and forth between the front door and the elevator banks to let in all of our people. <laughs> he was so nice. Yes. It was like, anything I can do to help, I just want to support, just hang in the Shout back. out to that dude. Shout, Shout out, out to William. Seriously. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, because sometimes I get the question of like, well, what can men do? Which during me too, I mean, that was, whew, talk about rage <laughs> and also other things. People being like, is it that? Is it that bad? And I'm like, like yes. You, I, I'm like literally standing atop a mountain of women's trauma. And like all the story. It just, uh, yeah, I've been on the front lines of people talking about this forever. So I know. Um, just, and these are just the ones that have been published. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so to have to, and then hold their hand and walk them through this minefield of trauma is just out of control. Yeah. So my idea is if you want to support you know, women and anyone struggling right now and be a true ally and accomplice. A, I mean, yeah, the real thing is to call out your own people, keep them in line mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, get in the van, whatever. Um, <laughs> but the thing that you can do is send me gifts of turtles yes. or puppies. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yes. Like that, I think. It's just nice. For me, there are some, there are some good men I engage with a lot on Twitter and they're like, here's this pug puppy. I'm like, this is a perfect man. Yeah. Like, this is what <laughs> everyone you. should be. Thank you. You don't Just tell me how to live my life. You don't send like, me, you're send me a little bit of me. joy. Yeah, you're a little bit of joy. thinking of me with pugs and that's all I want. <laughs> okay, well, okay, okay. So we need to, sorry. Oh, I just had a real quick, a real quick yes, note. Yes, so yes. I don't know if you've seen on Facebook what's been going around recently, but the whole like toxic masculinity mm -hmm. meme or whatever where it's like, what does a non-toxic man look like? And there's a picture of Mr. Rogers with his sweater and it's like, this is a picture <laughs> of what non-toxic masculinity looks like. And I love it so Aww. much. Anyway, yeah, that was my side out, note. Shout out to Mr. Rogers. Yes. Yeah, RIP. Um, I wanted to ask about, so we've covered, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to talk about the future. Future. Yeah. So yeah. like, what's next for the establishment? What's next for you? What, 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 what is yes, of course yeah. okay but what does 2018 have yeah. the rest of 2018 have in store for you uh so we are really excited to ramp up our membership program um get on our own platform right now members what we found we did a lot of user research um i think at one point we had eight different revenue streams oh, i don't wow. know when i've slept actually in the past <laughs> two and a half years that's, i don't know yeah that's a lot <laughs> it's it's a lot uh and what we found though is our beloved, amazing, perfect readers, they didn't just like our content, but they wanted to be able to have 
conversations about it all. Um, and we've never had comments. Like six of us mm-hmm. on the founding team unanimously were like, no Not comments. A good call. So excellent as, choice. As part of our membership program, um, we have this Slack community. Ah. And I was scared. I don't, I don't know if I should say this, but yeah, I was terrified to launch it because my experience of the internet is just can, being kicked in the be, face yeah. and called a gun all day, every day. And so I was like, I'm scared. And then people are lovely. And it's yeah. totally, totally restored my faith in humanity. Oh, good. Slack is a totally different beast. Yeah. And, and I think. And you're, it's curated, the community, as opposed to, you exactly. know, just leaving some anonymous rando comment that says, you know, evil I was, things. I was scared and so cynical that I thought that trolls would pay the $5 a month to join uh, just to come on and like yell at people. But that hasn't happened. So yeah, anyway, we're excited to, we've done a, a few events and we're looking forward to doing more of those and then building out membership mm. offerings, online Ooh. seminars, um, getting new writers in the mix. So that's very exciting. So you're not going to sleep anytime soon. No, never. Okay. <laughs> I've just tried to make peace Good. with that. Good. <laughs> All right, so let's get to those yeah, fun let's questions. Shift a little bit. Do so it. I feel like I may know the answer to this already. Yellow. But um what do you geek Ugh. out about? Outside of all the things we've talked about already. Can you I have an even idea name anything? Head. Do you? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> sea turtles. Yes! Oh my god! <laughs> I, was gonna say this. <gasps> I have never felt so seen. <laughs> <laughs> They're really feeling very proud of myself right now. <laughs> they are my everything. Oh my god! And you're also wearing a bracelet with a sea turtle on it. I just want to point that out. Oh, this, you're so smart. You're just very perceptive. You are very perceptive. I love them. They're perfect. Mm. <laughs> Any that perfect. They're, why? they're badasses of the sea. Yeah. They're just yeah. I don't know. You, just if you Google like videos of them, they are just totally living life on their terms. Oh, <laughs> I don't nice. Know. They're amazing. I love that answer. All right, next one. Who or what inspires you? Ooh. Other uh, than Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that speaks to a lot of what we've spoken about. That My yeah. first thought was negative. It was sort of like eradicating yeah. the darkness, which is different from following someone's light. light. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so many of the incredible female writers and especially women of color and activists that I've been following. It's, I mean, to be able to work with some of them is, I, I don't know how um, people let me do that, but Aww. it's incredible for me. Awesome. Uh, what are your core values? <laughs> oh, yeah, so these are super just, easy. Just a light throwaway question. <laughs> light one. Um, I'm against getting up super early in the mornings. <laughs> And <laughs> I will not text you early big. in the morning with <laughs> ideas. Uh, no, I mean, I would say that I, one of my core values is just interrogating various systems to see all of the ways that so many things have been stacked up that people mm. have to face and all that darkness and, and trauma. And so mm. um, I had to sort of learn how to think independent of a lot of these damaging mm-hmm. systems. So for me, interrogating things and and thinking about it, because this is something else that comes up in the internet. I don't know if people know this, but you don't actually have to share every thought that you have. Like You can't take time to, to read and digest <laughs> and think about things and, and adjust your worldview. Maybe, maybe, what, maybe. What internet maybe. are you oh, using? Maybe. <laughs> Disagree. So yeah, just let me tweet that out right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what's your favorite way to practice self-care? That's been actually genuinely a huge struggle for me since basically the election. Um, It's been a lot of crying in the shower, like a lifetime movie. I don't know if that counts, but I've done a lot of it. Um, But other than that, I I used to do a lot of yoga and kind of got out of that practice. What I'm realizing, though, is that I've been so – I got really isolated, and that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. So reconnecting with both real humans, a.k.a. friends outside of the founder Mm -hmm. twisted realm, but also finding solidarity with other female founders who are trying to make it happen, that has been, for me, so central. Are there groups in San Francisco that you love, that you recommend? 
Or is it just like organic sort of meeting? I other keep trying founders? to break in and no one will let me what? into the groups. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> what does it sound very soft carry? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I apply, keep me. applying. And, like, no. Oh, no. Um, no, for me, it's just been a lot of organic yeah. Um, yeah. meeting people. But my God, I can't say enough good things about female founders. No. Uh, thanks. Us too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the best advice you've ever received? And who gave it to you? I don't know about best advice, but when or someone asks, I was, yeah, recently, you know, when they have weddings, and they're like, what piece of advice? And I wrote this, and I don't think it applied at all. But let's just keep going with that. So I remember uh, when I was going to travel somewhere. I don't think it was for Southeast Asia. Um, but I was going on some trip. And I just remember my mom saying, if you get into a bind and you don't know what to do and you're scared or you're stressed or everything seems terrible, she's like, go to a bar and get one beer. Mm. Drink it slowly and everything will feel better. Huh. So mm. not to advocate in any way substance abuse, but I think that's... No, but that's just one beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So don't I, have 10. <laughs> and if you're an alcoholic, maybe don't have any. Right. Yes. Maybe have some water. Yeah. A seltzer. A LaCroix. A LaCroix. LaCroix. With but some I, testosterone. When I think about it, though, it's just, I think it's more taking that beat and getting out of your own brain yeah. spirals yeah. and ruminations. Um, but also, beer is delicious. That is excellent advice. Um, so if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self? <laughs> Part of me just wants to, like, give her a hug. I just say, like, it's not you. I know it seems unlikely, but sometimes it literally is everyone else. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> you good. know? Yeah. With abusive bosses and systems mm-hmm. and all the things. It's like, yeah, really not you. Yeah, fair. Um, so what are you reading right now? Or if you're not <laughs> reading something besides like pitches all day long, <laughs> what's your favorite book? I was like, oh, I'm not a nerd. <laughs> I don't read. Only nerds read. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually reading I Love Dick. Oh. Have you guys read it? Heard no, it? no. I know about the – it's a show. Yeah, exactly. So it was written in the 90s and was sort of this cult hit huh. among women readers, not – in the mainstream, so it doesn't count. Um, but then it sort of, I don't know how it came back into the consciousness currently. Um, and then, yeah, it was adopted into a show on Amazon. But it's a really interesting book. The writer uh, is married to a professor, and they go out to dinner with this man named Dick, another academic, and she falls in love with him. Like, they spend one night together. I mean, as a group. Yeah, and so she starts writing him a ton of letters. Oh. And... Like, really interrogates and, what it's like to be totally just obsessed and have a crush. and But she just, like, dives in and comes out the other side. Wow. All right. Okay. All right. Add to the list. Yep. All right. Um, what is your favorite podcast other than our own? <laughs> I have but one podcast in my heart, and it's this <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> you win. <laughs> um, and I also love... I kind of love a lot everything he does, but Kamau Bell. Yeah. Um, he's going to be here. And we're recording this in March. And I think he's actually going to be here like this week. And sick. Yeah. I'm a little bit, of, I've been to a few of his shows. I'm kind of a groupie. <gasps> oh, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Uh, it's that's fun. He's good life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's great. Good. He's really great. And good. he has incredible guests. Um, so, yeah, I've learned a lot just listening and watching and, mm. yeah, following him around, whatever he does. <laughs> Stalking, you know. So, if you're listening, W. Kamau, if you're listening, <laughs> now somebody's got a crush on you. <laughs> okay, so to bring it all home, what is your personal anthem, like your song, if you have one? I don't know if it's a personal anthem. But, and it's such a cliche, but anytime I've had to do something scary or hard, like quit a job, I, I genuinely have just listened to Eye of the Tiger on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> so many times. Yes. I 
I think that's one of my most favorite answers. I do not know how we have asked asked this question so many times and no one else has given this answer. That's that's disconcerting to me. I I will say some people don't understand the question. It's true a lot, but a lot of people think of lady anthems. Yeah. So they would say instead of Eye of the Tiger, it would be Roar by Katy Perry. Oh, no. No, not. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, have you even seen Rocky? Like, what uh, are we I talking guess. about? Yes. Oh, yes. A million times. Yes. Yes. No, yeah. I'm with you 100%. I'm all about having some raw egg yolks and running <laughs> up stairs. If you don't start your day that way, <laughs> what are you no, doing? No, I can't. It's gross. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so is there any so you, you gave us a little bit of a hint of what's coming in twenty eighteen. So obviously people can find you and learn more about you and subscribe and the become members. The establishment.co and our handles on all the social media is just establishment with the E and no other value. Cool. Uh, okay. Vowels. vowels. Yes. Right on. There's a lot of value. Yes. No vowels. <laughs> Got it. Got it. And you are not a secret shadow government agency. No. Confirmed. Yeah, I would just like to say I'm to not know. Newt Gingrich with Good a very know. effective mask right now. Not yet. <laughs> Could that happen? We don't know. It's Silicon Valley. Anything can happen. All right. Thank you so much, Kelly. This no, thank really you wonderful. <laughs> Thanks to all our listeners for spending some time geeking out with us. If you enjoyed listening, please rate and review us on iTunes. Every review helps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next interview. And tell all your friends. New episodes drop every Tuesday. <laughs> Check us out at She Kicks Out on all the things. And in case you're wondering what those things are, <laughs> they are Twitter, Insta, FB, otherwise known as Facebook, LinkedIn, and our website, of course. Bye, Rachel. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.